business is good, you're going to have to clean this house. It's beautiful. This is an amazing house. You are going to love it. Holy. That's the deal. Of the lifetime. So, what's the catch? There was a crime, a, a murder. In the house? What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. I'm not going to say it. Say it. No, you go You got to say it. You say it aside. It's a staple. People tune into the podcast just for that reason. And as always, I'm Johnny. I ain't going to say it. There you go. See, you ruined it. And I'm Randy. <laughs> See, you ruined it. I didn't ruin it. And I am super excited about this week's episode. It is, it's one of my personal favorite uh, haunted films, like paranormal films. And, I'm with you on that one. And this is <laughs> the Amityville Horror, and I believe this came out in 2000, 2005. 2005, starring Ryan Reynolds. He's a great actor. Yes, yes. he. And th- this is what sold me on him, definitely, on this this film. Uh, yeah. This is one of my favorite Ryan Reynolds. <clears throat> I will always stick to the notion that Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. But this is one of my favorite Ryan Reynolds films. Right, right. Without question. And this week's episode is going to be a little different to where me and Randy's kind of reverse roles on this week's episode. He made me do it. Man, I'm telling you, dude. The people don't like hearing me talk. Yes, they do. And I'm going to do more like the summary and stuff. He's going to be doing the cast and pretty much the entire episode. He took the notes this time. He made me. I didn't make you do it. No, he made me. But. Anyway. So. Nah. mm, Nah. Nope. Mm. Nah. mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyway, before we get into the film, the summary and all this stuff, as he was taking notes, I started taking notes on the real life events. And I think this may be the first movie that we've done that's based on a true story. Oh, is it? I think it is. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I'm trying to think back of all the movies that we've done. I mean, if you want to think about Child's Play and then the Robert the Doll type deal, maybe. Nah, Robert the Doll is more like Annabelle. Yeah. But that's one of the things that Child's Play was, was based off was Robert the Doll. Not Granted, this isn't word for word. It wasn't right, brought up anything right, like that. Right, right, But I think this is the first movie that we've done that is based and centered around a true story. You mean Killer Clowns wasn't based on a true story? Man, if you don't quit talking about my movie, dude. <laughs> I fixed it. We about done. I couldn't even get that one out. We, we about, I had time for the rating. I was ready to get out would, of that, here. would that not be awesome if that movie right before it started it said based on true events? That'd be cool. You know it'd be cool. I would go outside every night looking for a flying circus. Oh, that'd be so awesome. But... So before we actually get into the film, do you want me to share my notes and have our little discussion? Or do you want to wait till the end? How you want to do this? I don't know. You came up with that idea, so I'm going to let you decide. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with what... Let's start it off with the true events. Okay. And I, Because like I said, I want to know your thoughts about this, alright? So, I'm going to read just a little bit for a minute. Like I said, this is some stuff that I found online. Which, I mean, you, you're you pretty familiar with what went down. Yeah, just a little bit. So, on November 13th, 1974, around 6.30 p.m., 23-year-old Ronnie DeFeo entered Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, New York, and declared, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. DeFeo and a small group of people went to 112 Ocean Avenue, which was located near the bar, and found that DeFeo's parents were dead inside the house. Okay, along with his parents, Ronald DeFeo Sr. was 43, and his mom, I believe that's Louise Louise DeFeo, she was 43, both, both found dead in her bed, shot. Along with that was his siblings, his uh, sister Dawn, who was 18, was shot, Allison was shot, she was 13, his little brother Mark was 12, and then John Matthew, the, the baby of the family, was 9. Okay, so all were killed with a 35 caliber lever action Marlin 336C rifle around 3 o'clock a.m. And physical evidence suggests that, um, was it, what was their name again? Louise. Louise and her daughter Allison were both awake during the events. Okay, did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay, so before I start going into the controversies. Your opinion. What do you find suspicious about this crime? Was there anything that ever stuck out to you? What? My whole thing about it is, is I, I can't, I, I'm not, I don't rule out anything supernatural. Mm -hmm. I believe in God Almighty. So if I believe in God Almighty, I got to believe in the other side. Right. So knowing and believing in God, I have to believe in the devil and I have to believe in demons. Right. Now I've never, I've never seen anything supernatural. Mm-hmm. I've never um, been a part of anything of that nature. Doesn't mean I don't believe in it, to it in it to an extent. Right. I know people that are very close to me that have had an encounter, or they they 
claim to have seen something or something like that. Um, so I'm not going to discredit those people. I'm just going to say that I've never come into contact with anything like that. But I think in this instance, I, I don't, I, I really can't say whether or not I think it might have been a supernatural aspect to it. Right. Or whether or not the guy was just crazy. Okay. Well, in all honesty, I have dealt with supernatural stuff. When me and Carolyn got married, that's my wife. When we got married and lived in St. Louis, I was young. I was 17. She was 19. And we actually lived in a house that had a couple of spirits in it. So, I mean, I do believe in it. And like you said, I believe in God Almighty. I believe in the devil. I believe in God. And along comes with God is angels. And along comes with devil or demons. Yep. So, but here's the thing. Every time you hear about Ronnie DeFeo, the first thing people say is, and like this movie, he heard voices. Mm -hmm. And that's what caused him to kill. Yep. So here's some controversies that I'm going to go through. But this is exactly when the trial happened. It was October 13th when they found the bodies. When the trial happened on October 14th, 1975, you know, almost exactly a year later, mm -hmm. DeFeo claimed that he killed his family in self-defense because he heard their voices plotting against him. So that was one of the main things. People said, well, he heard voices. He claims he heard their voices and that they were plotting against him. Yeah. So I never said that he heard supernatural voices. <clears throat> right. But the uh, controversies that surround this is all six of the victims were found face down in their beds with no signs of a struggle. Okay? DeFeo claimed he drugged his family. The autopsy report indicated otherwise. Per the doctor... The doctor said, we did extensive toxicology on not only on the blood and urine, but on all the organs that we removed from it, and it turned up zero with anything in their body. Okay? So there's the first controversy. Why would he make that up? Yep. Two, his second one, or not second one, this is just a um, controversy. Neighbors did not report any gunshots being fired. And those who were awake at the time of the murder simply heard the family sheepdog Shaggy barking. So you're walking around with rifle, and you end up killing how many people he killed? Six. Six. Think, yeah. And no neighbors heard the shots. Okay. Now that it, that's awkward. Yeah. All right. Now here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. DeFeo gave several accounts of how the killings were carried out. In 1986, DeFeo claimed his sister Dawn killed their father and their distraught mother killed all of his siblings. So he killed his mother because she killed everybody else. Everybody else. In 1990, DeFeo asserted that Dawn and an unknown assailant who fled from the house before he could get a look at him killed everyone. In the 2000s, DeFeo claimed that he committed the murders with his sister Dawn and two friends out of desperation because he, because his parents plotted to kill him. Hmm. So, there's a lot of what's true, what's not. Right. But the main focus is, and I've always heard it, mm. like I said, ever since I was little, he heard voices and that's where. Right. So, I just, like I said, after you hearing that, what do you feel? Like, what what's your opinion on Ronnie DeFeo and... Well, you can look at it two different ways. If, in fact, there was a supernatural aspect to it, 
and something was telling him to kill his family, he could be coming up with reasons on the way out to justify it instead of having to deal with the fact that it was supernatural and he has no clue anything about it. Like, he, he has no explanation for it, so he comes up with a reason. Mm-hmm. Or he could have just gone crazy, and now he's coming up with different reasons trying to get himself out of it. And he did admit that he was on uh, LSD, is that what it is? That wouldn't surprise me. He did admit that he was on that. But that's what I'm saying. There's so many things. <laughs> it's going to sound bad saying this. Yeah, I would like to think the Amityville house is haunted. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. But... You know, after you start, after like you read this stuff right here and you hear it, it does. It makes you go, what really happened that night? And I yeah. always say, you know who knows what happened? That family, him, and God yep. knows what happened. Now, when the Lutzes moved in, do you believe some of their story about the house being haunted and all this? Because I know, I don't apparently, know if... like legit, after 28 days, they just up and left all their stuff. Yeah. But, uh, what's the husband's name? George. George actually did claim, because, you know, they did books, movies. He did actually say, okay, yeah, some of it was made up. But they actually had a legit one of the, uh, what are they called, most professional lie detector tests people, I don't even know what they're called, come in and, and gave the Mrs. Uh, Lutz and Mr. Lutz a lie detector and actually showed that they weren't lying. But, like I said, George has actually admitted, yeah, some of the stories are made up in the book and the movies are sale, but... What's your opinion on the, not DeFeo anymore, but with the Lutz family's encounter? I think if, I, I think if they had known about the house before, about Ronnie DeFeo and everything that went on, they could have went into that house with intentions mm-hmm. to make some kind of deal out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Not to say that's the reason. But I, I mean, if one hundred percent honesty, I don't. I've never looked into any of the information the Lutzes have. Mm-hmm. Like I've never gone and studied. I've only looked at. I've only seen and, and read some stuff on the the DeFeo. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I can't. <clears throat> well, see, uh, I know Ronnie DeFeo did not, and I believe Don, his sister Don, did not get along with the father. They had an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. But it was either the night of or the night after. Whenever they found their, his, uh, excuse me, his family's bodies, the police said one of the first things he said was, "How do I go about getting the insurance off of my dad?" So there's a motive right there too. Yeah. But no, I just I wanted to bring some facts up because, like I said, it's you don't ever hear these part of the facts. You hear well, he heard voices and he started killing everybody. Right. So I just didn't know if you are like. Because me and you talk about, I, I would love just to go, apparently, you know, everybody who's ever moved in that house after Lutz has got out, nothing's ever happened. And you saw it, I showed you on Google Earth, they've got it blurred out where you can't see it. I still would like to go and, of course, just stand on the sidewalk and take a picture. Just say, oh, yeah. hey, I was here, you know what I'm saying? I'd like to go visit the house. But the, like, go in? Oh, yeah. But the fact is, is... Do you 100% believe the house is haunted, or you want to go for nostalgia reasons? Oh, just for nostalgia reasons. Right. right. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't... Like I said, it's just one of those things I never dealt with, so Mm -hmm. I I couldn't say. I I am not wanting to lie to you. Like, I wouldn't mind staying the night there one night. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't be nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be freaked out. I'd probably have my alarm set for 3.14 in the morning and sit there and... 
wait for three fifteen. You know. Well, and that's the thing, though, is um, don't get me wrong. It it is creepy staying in a house like you know a haunted house, like I said, because me and my wife has dealt with stuff like that before. But I don't know. I would I would love to go. I don't necessarily have to stay in the house. I'd like to walk through it. Yeah. But you said you'd be nervous. Yeah, you're gonna be nervous in any house that that a family has, was murdered. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for sure. No, I just like I said, man. I I just wanted to. I don't know. I just felt like that needed to be shared, and I wanted to see. See, and that's what that's another reason I say I think this is the first movie that we've ever done that's based on a true story. Right. I really do. And I think we should do that if we start doing movies, you know, that's based on true story, looking up the facts and discussing it. Because don't get me wrong, no, I'm, this movie, I'm not going, I'm not going to spoil it yet. <laughs> but there's things in this movie that I'm like, I'm. There's never been any record of that happening, but I'm glad they put it in it because to yeah. me it made it more legit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like to they finally tell in this movie why it's haunted, and I like that. You know what I'm saying? Even though it never even happened, but. I don't know. I remember just sharing this real quick, and I may share this with you. But the house that me and Carolyn lived in, we lived in with my mother-in-law, and at the step at the time, it was Carolyn's um, stepdad, mm-hmm. and their bedroom. I remember the bed being really high. It was one of them beds that was wooden, and it had the drawers that you could pull out. You know, you couldn't put nothing under the bed. Right. And I remember they were going to a concert. And so it was just going to be me and Carolyn at the house. And like I said, at this time, I'm 17. She's 19. We've, and, you know, we've got our, our firstborn, our son there. And I remember her saying something about she was going to go lay down and take a nap. And I was like, well, I'll go take a nap with you. And she said, let's go in mom and Chip's uh, room. I was like, all right. So we go over there, and that's where a lot of the activity would happen. Uh-huh. Now, I, ain't that, I know that sounds bad, but I'm not talking sexual. I'm, I'm like, right. yeah, no. And I remember me and her going in there and laying down, and uh, which I got a little quirks about me anyway. I don't like having my back away from the door. I don't like having my back away from the, like, whatever side of the bed I'm laying on, I have to face that way. Yeah. But I remember she's like, hold me. So I, I rolled over and I held her. And in the corner, like, you know, I'm holding her like this. We're on our left hand side. I remember I was on my left side. And in the corner, I just felt something watching me. And it, and it put me at such a freaking discomfortable feeling. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. So I rolled over on my right side. So now we're back to back. And I swear, Randy, it moved from the left-hand corner to the right-hand corner. And just something watching. Now, I'm not saying I saw it. You yeah, I yeah. feel it. Yeah. And I was just like, nope, can't do this. And I remember telling Carolyn, I was like, I'm out. I, I, I'm going, I'm going. Because, you know, you, you got, I got off the bed. You walked up, and there was the door. You go out the bedroom door, well, then there's the living room, and then on the left-hand side of the living room was our bedroom. And I remember just going in there, and I was like, I can't do it. But that was only, the, like, one of the first encounters. But, I mean, there's some straight-up stuff in that house. Right. But, I, anyway, just something like that. I mean, I just remember legit feeling, okay, somebody's in here, and they're watching. And, right. I, and I did not like that at all. But enough about me. Like I said, I just wanted to share that. But So, anyway, that being said... uh you know, it'd be cool. Whoever listens to this podcast, it'd be cool if y'all could tell us what y'all think. Yeah. Like, get on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, and, you know, I'm, I'm every every time we do a new episode, I post a picture <clears throat> of what we're doing, and, you know, 
Get on there and hit, uh, leave us a comment if you believe, hey, DeFeo really heard voices or, you know, was he just on drugs and he just went nuts that night? And, and if any of you happen to be in the Long Island area and can send us a picture of the house, that would be sick. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Just take a picture of it and, since we can't see it. But, I mean, I know you can get on Google and see old pictures, but I want to see like an updated version. Yeah. So, anyway, that being said, Randy? Yes, sir. You want to read the cast? Or you want me to do the summary, or what do you want me to do? I'll let you do the summary first. All right, this right here. Yeah, don't do the bit. Don't do the nine page one. Oh, just do this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another one gives up too much. Newlyweds are terrorized by demonic forces after moving into a large house that was the site of a grisly mass murder a year before. Dum dum dum. You didn't get do like a good voiceover, man. At least when I get like the summary. Okay, I got one. No, no, it's too late. Oh, no. oh it's okay. nope, nope, okay. it's over. Every time you mess up when you're doing this uh, Shut up. episode, I'm going to go boo. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Amityville Horror came out in 2005. It was produced by Andrew Douglas, and it was written. There were uh, multiple writers. There was Scott Kozer, who, was a screen, who wrote the screenplay. Jay Anson wrote the novel. You have Sander Stern with the earlier screenplay. George Lutz, um, the actual George Lutz, and Kathy Lutz provided material for the movie itself and uh george lutz in this picture looks nothing like um ron reynolds he looked he looks terrible anyway not that he's ugly or nothing like that but he just doesn't look anything like him so your cast we've got the one and only ron reynolds playing george lutz melissa george playing kathy lutz you have the great great young actress chloe grace mortez I think she's an awesome actress. Yes, and I cannot I, I forgot about her being in this. And when oh, she popped yeah. up, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, she's awesome. Then you've got the kids. Um, Michael Lutz, played by Jimmy Bennett. You have um, Jesse James, playing Billy Lutz. And, uh, of course, Chloe Grace Mortez, playing Chelsea. You've got Father Calloway, played by Philip Baker Hall. The babysitter, Rachel Nicole, plays Lisa. And um, Brendan Donaldson is playing the uh, early depiction of Ronald Defoe Jr. Defeo. Defeo. Defoe. 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 <laughs> and then the she's really cute in this picture. That's the bad part. She's cute in this picture, and then when you see her in the movie, she's scary as all get out. <laughs> Isabel Connor plays Jody Defeo with no bullet hole in her head. Spoiler. See, that's what I didn't like. Why they changed the name to Jody? There's no Jody to fail. To protect, I don't know. <laughs> they named Ronald. Yeah. Maybe it's because she was a kid and they didn't want to. I don't know. But that was the, that was the only kid that they really mentioned in the movie. Right. So maybe that's why they didn't change the other kids' names because they didn't really mention them. Yeah, maybe out of respect or something. Like yeah, that. probably. They got her last name right. And I'm going to say, man, I think the casting was perfect in this movie. I and, I and I know we talk about that a lot, and I, I'm the, always the first one to say, the casting is great, but yeah. this movie, everybody played their parts great. See, the ones that really stuck out to me were, um, of course, uh, Chloe, who played um, Chelsea, because mm -hmm. we've seen her in so many other things. Um, Jesse James, who played Billy, he actually played um, the young Tommy on Butterfly Effect. Never seen it. You've never... Mm, podcast like, over. I don't like Ashton Kutcher or whatever. Oh, my God. 
gosh, I wish you, you him and Tom Cruise. I don't know what it is about them two. You won't watch your movies, no matter how good the movie is. I watched that daggum vampire show where. Don't you hate on every with vampire? <laughs> I will. Yeah, yeah. You better throw the wig key. Mm. Anyway, but that's a little fun fact. What? Nothing. What was the fun fact? That was it, Billy. Oh, okay, yay. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to smack you. Hey, another fun fact. No Did way. you know Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> through the whole filming of this uh, film, that he separated himself from the kids? Yeah, I did. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do that, Randy? <laughs> it's it's actually kind of... I don't know I don't know Ryan well, Reynolds. Say, it's kind of sweet. I mean, it is kind of sweet, oh, if you think about it. But... During the whole movie, he kept his distance from the kids and he because he didn't want to fall in love with the kids. And he, he just kind of kept himself away from them. That way, when the scenes came up where he had to be abusive, like physically and, and, and verbally abusive to the kids, it was easier because he wasn't attached to them. It, I mean, it's sweet. You sure you're saying a douche? Maybe that's, <laughs> that proves he's not a douche. Because <laughs> he didn't want to, like, you know, he didn't want to be mean to people he liked. So he waited until after the movie was over and probably took him out for ice cream. <laughs> wow. He probably did. This is your fantasy. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know Ron Reynolds. You, okay. <laughs> so anyway, as we said, this is based on a true story. Clearly, some of the stuff in this in the show is going to be fabricated right. for Hollywood, like most of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the general idea and the story is is there. Right. So we open up, it shows November 13th, 1974, and it flashes a 315 on an alarm clock. And we get a shot of Ronald Defoe down in the basement. Defeo, sorry. <laughs> Defoe. Defoe. Ronnie Defeo down in the basement. He's sitting on this little makeshift, this little couch, and he's looking at a TV, and it's got one of those old school um, like PSA screens. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just gets up, grabs his lever-action rifle, and just goes to town on the everybody in the family. He goes from room to room, shooting all the people in the rooms. Um, this little girl wakes up, and she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's hearing the gunshots. She ends up hiding in the closet. So as Ronnie's going from room to room, he gets to who we find out later is Jody's room. He walks in there. He walks over to her closet, opens it up, and she's laying in the... Uh, she's like sitting up in the corner of the closet. And she looks up at him, and she's like... I don't know. She said, what's wrong, Ronnie? Or yeah. what's going on, Ronnie? Or something like that. Ronnie, what's wrong? Yeah. And what does he say? I'm, I love you, Jody. I love you, Jody. And and he actually has tears mm-hmm. rolling down his face and ends up shooting Jody. Well, then it goes... Hold um, on. The only thing... Not, nothing with him film. I forgot to mention that. That's the one controversy in legit real life. How did he kill six people... And they were all in bed. Now, of course, you know, like they said, yeah. the mom and uh, Don, uh, I think it said Allison were both awake. But he still killed, managed to kill these kids, and they were face and down. Nobody in bed. Th- woke up, right? But Jody. Yep. Well, I mean, not Jody in real life. No, um, but I'm talking about yeah. the real life thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's that's the part that there's no explanation about. Because somebody going around with a rifle shooting. Everybody should have woke up. Yo, I've heard gunshots down the street at our other house. Mm-hmm. What sounded like gunshots ended up being like a transformer blowing or whatever, and I heard it. Right. You know. But no, I did, but that's something else to th- yeah. consider too. But 
Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, that breaks my heart when he's like, I love you, Jody. Yeah. She's so sweet. She's just like, Ronnie, what's wrong? Yep. <laughs> you know. So then it goes through a bunch of uh, bunch of just like little um, snapshots of news reports and, and, and shows. Uh, I don't know if it was if the like crime scene photos were real or not. Like the actual crime scene. I doubt it. I do. Um, but it was showing that uh, news reporters talking about everything that happened. They were talking about how Ronnie DeFeo ended up killing his family. <clears throat> then we get to uh, one year later and we're at Deer Park. Uh, Long Island and we come and uh, opens up the scene with uh, Ryan Reynolds in bed with his his lovely lady and they're smooching and all this kind of stuff and then the kid comes in the room and he's like what are you doing to my mom George yeah and it was like a weird this little kid he's it's so bad but he's kind of cute he's like a weird cute just the way he acts but he's got these goggles on and it just has this one big Eye hole. Yeah, swimming goggles. Yeah, it's just weird looking goggles though. Well, he comes up and they start talking, and he's like, uh, "There's a picture by their bed mm-hmm. of all the kids." And Ryan Reynolds looks over at it, and he's kind of acknowledging it, and he's like, um, "The kid asked him, did you know my dad?'" And he's like, "No, I didn't get the pleasure." <clears throat> Come to find out that we don't know how or anything like that, but the kid, the the dad actually passed away. Never says how. All it says was that he was in heaven. What was the boy's name? Michael. Michael, okay. The little boy's Michael. Yep. Okay. So then, cuts to them in the kitchen, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're in the kitchen, and they, basically what they're doing is they're going about their normal day getting ready. Well, then, um, they talk about having a babysitter, because... Oh, you forgot. Where Michael says, do I have to call you dad? And he says, no, no, no yeah. you can call me whatever you want. He's like, stinky? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, ugly or something like that? He's like, yeah. And then he's like, poo-poo, farty, well, I don't know what yeah. he says. And he's like, okay, we got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that showed right there that they have that playful yeah. relationship. And it, it shows that, like, it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds' like personality in most of the movies he's in. Yeah. Um, he's got just He's a playful, funny person. He's hilarious. So then it cuts to that. They're all getting ready for school. Well, then George and Kathy end up taking off. And they said they tell the kids they got a surprise. Mm-hmm. They don't tell them exactly what it is. So they end up taking off, and they get on the road, and they have this newspaper. And then they're talking about houses and, and what they can afford and everything like that. So we know that they're going house hunting. Well, they're trying to figure out, and they were like, no, there's not going to be on our price range. When well, they drive by this house, it's a big, beautiful house. And she's like, this is it. And he got to look in, and I'm guessing the price on the the newspaper was just like really, really cheap. Right. Because he's like, there's no way that's that house. Yeah, he's like, I'm a contractor. I should yeah. know. Yeah, I know that that's way too much for this, or way too little for this house. Right. So they go up to the house, and they actually meet the realtor. And it is uh, 112 Ocean Avenue is the address of the house. Long Island, New York. <clears throat> so they're going, they meet the realtor, and... From the from right at the get go, the realtor just looked very nervous. Mm-hmm. She just like you know, something about it, you could just tell she didn't want to be in there at all. Yeah, even when she would do like little jokes, she would almost almost be like <laughs> <laughs> nervous laugh. Yeah, yeah. So they walk in and she ends up she's you know walking them around the house and as soon as they walk in they're in awe because it's this big beautiful house. Mm-hmm. They they know it's like 
it should cost more than what they're they're asking for it. And right from the get-go, while they're standing in the little foyer, she's like, come on, let me show you the rest of the house. So she's trying to hurry up and, and get them around and, and get to looking. So they're walking around and, you know, pointing out things on the house. And they're just, they're, they're, they're in awe. They, they just can't believe that a house like this. And she even makes a comment. She's like, I love it. I want this house. And um, it's funny because they go and she opens this door. And she's like, in the basement's down here. It can be a den. It can be, a, you know, whatever you want. It. Yeah. An office space. Well, they go to walk downstairs into the basement. Mm-hmm. And it shows them walking down there. And all you hear her upstairs is saying, I'll wait for you guys up here. Yeah. You know, so she, she doesn't want to go down there. Right. So that tells you right there something's up. She knows something about this house. Um, so they get to looking around the rest of the house. They finally, you know, they're walking out and they're like, we got to have this house. You know? Yeah, like, but you got to remember too, before or after she shows the uh, basement, they're looking around upstairs. They go up steps. Mm -hmm. And that's when, as they're talking in this room, she goes, and this is what your little girl would like. Yep. It's, uh, what's her little girl's name? Their little girl's name is uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. And you hear something creak, and she looks over, and you see the little girl's shadow go by. So she sees it. Yeah. So, yeah. She's still trying to... She's just trying to get them out of the house. Yeah. And then that's... Before they go outside, George and... um, What's her name? Kathy. Kathy are talking, and that's when she's like, I really want the house, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, he goes, are you sure? And then you hear her yell. Yeah. The realtor, the realtor yeah. jumps, you know. She gets, she's freaked out now. And she's like, you happy? And he's like, she's happy. I'm broke. And that's, and then, go ahead, that's where you continue where she, they're walking out yeah, of the house. Yeah, they walk out of the house and, and she ends up telling them, she's like, so what, what, what's the what's the catch to the house? You know, they're trying to figure out, they say, what's the, what's the catch? Well, she's like, well, there's this, this small thing. There was a family murdered. <laughs> yeah. How do you say that? Like, there was a small thing that happened. Six people died. Yeah, she's all like, you know, and the town's moved on, and yeah. I'm just like, what? She, she, it's like she says it, and then she tries to get past it real quick. Like, yeah, I didn't really say that. Yeah, yeah. But instantly, you can see the look on George and Kathy's face. They're like, instantly, like, they didn't even buy it yet, and they got buyer's remorse. Yeah, because even Kathy's like, is that real? Like, do you think we should buy a house where people were murdered? And I like what George says. He goes, he goes, um, houses don't murder people. Yeah. People, people murder people right. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so they they sit there and they talk about it. They they sit, he and George is like, if this is what you want, we'll make it happen. So they end up getting the house. So then we get to a black screen and all it says is day one. Mm-hmm. And it's them bringing the family to the house and the kids are all ecstatic about it, you know. Um, and then it starts showing home movie clips. Yeah, from I like when that. they were moving in and it's just like the old reel. Old montage, yeah, the old montage pictures, it's them fixing up stuff and you know cleaning and, and all that kind of stuff, which was which was I thought was really cool how they did that. But I love because his name's Michael, right? The little one. Huh? I love when he gets out of the car when he first sees the house. He's like, "We're rich," <laughs> you know, just because yeah. the house is big. He's like, "Yeah, we're we're rich." Oh yeah, we're rich. <laughs> and um, one thing that we forgot to notice was when they were upstairs in the room, they looked over out, out the window and they seen the boathouse. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean that which. Plays a big part in it, right? Because there's a lot of notes that I have that just say boathouse, <laughs> because they hate they go out there a whole lot, right? <clears throat> so they do the the home movie montage. Well, then it shows them um, just kind of hanging out in the house, and, and George mentions the house is cold. 
Mm-hmm. So they uh, then it shows him going down to the basement, walking over to the furnace to light the furnace. And this is the first time that we really hear the voices right. that 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 end up playing in the background. And George is looking around. He's trying to figure out what it is, and he can't figure it out. He looks over, and he sees this clock. Mm-hmm. And it's like an old alarm clock. It says 3.15 a.m. He takes it out, you know, whatever, and you can hear the voices. He goes to light the furnace, doesn't actually fully get it lit. Right. And he hears something, so he kind of, you know, walks away. And then as he walks away, the furnace just goes up in flames, and which is, like, weird. Right, right. <clears throat> well, then we cut to Smexy time. Actually, oh, yeah. Smexy time. So he's laying in the bed. It's that night. He's laying in the bed. She comes up. Wakes him up. She's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. It's like she's like, shh, shh don't say nothing. <laughs> We're going to wake the kids up. So they go have smexy time. 315 hits on the alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And he's laying there having the time of his, his life. And he looks behind her. And all he sees is Jody DeFeo. Yep. Hanging. Which was weird. I don't yeah. know why they had her hanging there. I don't either. And her feet's like on the edge of the bed. Yeah, like, like she's standing on the foot of the footboard. Yeah. Just hanging there. Yeah. Well, he freaks out. Clearly. Yeah. She's like, what's the matter? She just whispers like, what's wrong, baby? <laughs> hey, hey, let's not do that no more. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what she does. I know, but. <laughs> and he's like, man, I just don't feel good. And I mean, that's all he was doing. Was like, I don't feel good. Right. And uh, so that kind of cuts that off. Well, he wakes literally. up. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's, it's done. No more, no more sexy time for him. <clears throat> so it shows him in the next morning. Clearly, he feels sick. Right. Like he, there's some you can tell he don't feel good. He starts coughing. Just doesn't look like he feels good. Well, Kathy's walking around the house and she hears Chelsea upstairs. Right. And she's talking. So she goes upstairs in the room, and you know to find out what's going on. And she says, "I'm talking to my friend Jody. She lives in the closet." And talk, she ends up talking to her about uh, Jody a little bit more. And then she says, Jody says that there's a man that lives in the house that makes her do bad things. Right. And, you know, mom just kind of just kind of really brushes it off. Yeah, she says, who is it? No, she look over and you see Jody put her hand up like, yeah. tell her to shh, don't say anything. Right. She's like, we're not allowed to talk about <laughs> him. Right. So then we go, um, it is... There's a scene where he's outside and he's getting ready or talking about George. He's outside yeah. and he's he's getting ready to chop wood. Well, then little Michael comes up and he's got this thing on his head. Yeah. Don't know, don't know what it is. I don't either. Well, we don't know what it is now. Right. We come to find out it's something. But he's got this thing on his head and he's like, where did you get that from? And he's like, well, I found it in the basement. He's like, the basement, you mean my office. Mm. And this is the first hint of you getting him being a jerk. Right. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, just, yeah. just, just get out of my face. Well, then the mom comes home. Kathy comes home. And Michael goes to run off. And then he holds him. Yeah, because he's crying. Yeah, he's, he's crying. He's upset. George holds him. And he's like, I don't know why. I was like, you can see the look on his face. He's like confused. Why was I, you know, why did I act that way? Yeah. Well, come to find out, they're asking. Mom comes home. And she's like, well, where's Chelsea? And he kind of looks around. He's not sure where they're at. So they go run off trying to find her. Mm-hmm. Well, they look over at the boathouse, and I think the door's open. Yeah. the boathouse? Yeah. And the, they hear the dog barking. And I forgot what the dog's name. Harry? Yeah. 
The dog's name Harry? Mm-hmm. Okay, couldn't remember. Well, he don't. he's not in the movie that long anyway. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> anyway, so they hear the dog bark and they walk out to the boathouse and they open the door and Chelsea is standing on the boat, like the, the front of the boat. Yeah. And she's like fixing to jump into the water, it looks like. But she's not even hearing them. No, she's just like dazed and she's in her own little world. So they go up to her and they're like, Chelsea, and she you can see where she just finally snaps out of it. Yeah, because he's reaching out to her. She's yeah. like, take my hand, sweetie. Yeah, and he, she's just not paying attention to nobody. So uh, she finally snaps out of it, goes to him, and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing out here? And she was like, Jody wanted to see the boat. Yeah. And they just kind of, they're like, you know, we, we don't know what to think about this. Right. So then the mom's holding her. Mm-hmm. She looks over at Ryan Reynolds, and this is your favorite part. Mm. <laughs> She's like, somebody should have been watching you. Blaming the man. Yeah. Blaming the man. He got there cutting wood for her. Right. And he just kind of looks at her. He's like. He gave her wood the night before. <laughs> and now he's trying to cut her wood to keep that house warmed up. Right. Unappreciative. <laughs> um. I, I threw you off. <laughs> yeah. It was, but I mean, it was. It was like, what a, what a douche move for her. Yeah. Blaming him when he's out there working. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they go. Then we cut to it's that night, in the it goes into the two boys' room, mm-hmm. and Billy and Michael are or Billy's asleep. Michael wakes up and he hears stuff out in the hallway, and he wakes up and he's like, "Billy, I gotta go pee," but he don't. He, clearly, he wants somebody to go with him. Right, right. So it goes, you know, it shows him, you know, just being really scared, going out in the hallway, trying to go to the bathroom. Well, he did something up, wake him up, or did he just? I, I think it was noises. Okay. I, I don't think it was the voices, but I think there were just kind of like creaking noises. And it happens in old houses. Oh and stuff, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You're gonna get those creaking noises, especially when you get those two story houses. Mm-hmm. And those those things make all kind of noises. So he goes, runs to the bathroom, and there was something that when he went to the bathroom, you said when he when he went into the bathroom. Yeah. He didn't shut the door behind him. Yeah, why, why, why does that freak you out? I can't do that. Uh, even to this day. I, dude, I'm weird. I know it. <laughs> I have to keep the shower curtain open if I'm in the bathroom, using the bathroom. I can close it once I'm done. But, okay, you're looking in a hallway. Yep. And he's, you know, and he keeps looking at the hallway the whole time. Yep. Why not just shut the door and lock it? Because well, something out there he wants to know about it. Boo that! <laughs> he's, on, he's, he's protected. He's behind a locked door. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I can't, uh-uh, no. Because your mind plays tricks on you, and your eyes does too. Oh, yeah. And if you're sitting there and he's already paranoid and he's looking out the, he's, you know, if he does focus on, you know, peeing, you will see something on the corner of your eye moving because you're so paranoid. Yeah. No, lock that door. Don't worry about it. Pull the shower curtain open and then you know you're home safe. <laughs> nah, boo that. I feel like I thought that. What? Go ahead. I, I feel like we just got a, a, a view into. What happens when Johnny wakes up to go to the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning? Oh, man. I, like, this from my front bathroom, that door going to be shut. You know, what's something in my living room? I don't know about it. I don't want to know about it. They're going to get me. They're going to get me in the dark. I mean, I know You don't want to see it coming. I don't want to see it. No, I don't want to see it coming. I don't want my last words to be like, oh! And then, you know. <laughs> so, They'll be like, who are you? Yeah, none of that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. So he uses the bathroom. So technically, kid caused it on himself because he didn't shut the door. Blaming, blaming the child. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. If something ever happens, I'm going to look at my kids and be like, did y'all pull the shower curtain back? Was the you door open? Was the door open? Then you it's your own fault. <laughs> Don't wake me up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see one of my kids running out the door. Dad, somebody's in the house. Well, lock the door. <laughs> Shut the door, you won't see him. Yeah. So the kid goes into the bathroom, does his business, doesn't flush the toilet. I noticed that. He did act really good, though. Yeah, he, he, he acted scared really good. Yeah, he did. Really good. So he uses the bathroom, and I was like, he's not going to wash his hands. Because it looked like he was getting ready to just, to just walk out of the, the bathroom. Well, he does go over to the sink to wash his hands. He, he goes over, he turns the faucet on, and nothing's coming out. <clears throat> so he, he tries the other nozzle, and the whole time that he's trying to wash his hands and trying to get these the faucets to turn on, he's looking at the hallway, just glancing back and forth to the hallway to the faucet. Doesn't get it to work. Well, he reaches over to turn on what, the right side, which should be the cold water. And as he turns to turn the cold water on, we get a shot of this demon ghosty face. That's an Indian. Is that what it was? I was a, it was one of the Indians down yeah, the I mean, Yeah, we know that now. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but at the time, it's just like this weird-looking ghost. Yeah, it, that shot right there scared the heck out of me in the theaters. And I can imagine. I, and Randy's heard this before, but I'm going to say it anyway because y'all haven't. Me and my wife was in the theater in Jonesboro, Arkansas, at the good theater they used to have. Yep. We were sitting there, and we had a woman and a guy. They were a young couple, and she was a screamer. And she screamed so loud when she when it showed that dead body or the, whatever that figure is beside him. She screamed, made me jump, made Carolyn jump. <laughs> and I remember hearing her boyfriend and her husband. I don't know. I hear. I heard him go like that. And she goes, "I'm sorry," but that's how. The, but once that started. Man, that movie was—it it was so good. I, I love watching a movie with a screamer, man. Oh, yeah. That's why he likes going to scary movies with my wife. Yes, it's she'll funny. she'll jump when somebody turns the faucet on too quick. <laughs> yeah, but but as long as she stays awake. Yeah, if she stays awake, that's the kicker. Spend eight dollars and fifty cents or go to a movie and she'll cry or fall asleep. Right. So now, did he see the Indian? I don't think so. That's what I was fixing. This is the first time I noticed that. Nope. that I don't think he technically ever looked and saw the uh, the dude beside him. I don't think he ever did. <clears throat> so that happens. Well, then we, we cut to the George waking up to a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Like, he wakes up. Here's a gunshot. Trying to figure out what's going on. So he's walking around the house. Um, looks out to the boathouse. And all he sees is a little red balloon. It. Yeah. Pennywise up yeah, there. Yeah, the Pennywise. So... Cut back to the other scene when they went out to the boathouse when Jody was out there. She was holding a little balloon. Right. So he sees this little balloon coming out the doors. The doors are going crazy. I guess the wind's picking up. And he's like, Chelsea. So he freaks out thinking Chelsea's back down there. He hears the dog barking. So he runs down to the boathouse again. Sees the, the red balloon still there. Harry's barking. He goes out and Harry's barking at the, the boat. Yeah. Like he's seen something. So he's looking down to the water. And all of a sudden he sees little bubbles pop up. Right. So his thought is, Chelsea's walked down here, she fell into the water, she's drowning. Right. So he jumps into the water. And he's looking down in the water, and he's looking, looking, and can't see anything. He doesn't know what's going on. So he finally comes back to the top of the water. And Harry's still barking. So he's running back up to the house. Yeah, because he actually even looks at the dog. He gets down, and he goes, what are you trying to do, kill me? Yeah. And the dog takes off. That's when he looks up. Takes off running back to the house. So he's walking out and he looks upstairs at the window Mm -hmm. and he sees Chelsea looking down at him. Well, then kind of pans over to the other window 
and Chelsea's still standing there, but now he sees another little girl behind Chelsea looking down. Right. It's Jody. Jody's yep. ghost or whatever. Yep. Freaks him out, so he takes off running upstairs. He runs in the house, runs upstairs, runs into her room. She's sound asleep on the bed. Now, if you saw that, would you not be like, okay, we got to get out of this house? Yeah, that's my first instinct. But nope. <laughs> little girl over here didn't ask to spend the night. And there's another little girl. Nope. No, we're done. Right. Don't know what it is. So he walks into her room, sees uh, she's asleep. He's like, okay, what's this weird? He turns around and he sees her closet door. So he opens her closet door and he's going to get out of the little teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So he grabs this little teddy which teddy bear plays another story later on. Kind of freaky. So he grabs, goes and grabs a little, t- turn the lights on, and we get a shot of the ceiling, and it's Jody struggling on the ceiling with these arms coming out of the ceiling, right? Holding her and holding her mouth shut, but she's kicking and, and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, it's like really weird. He gets the uh, the teddy bear, and he's gonna gonna give it to Jody. Well, then we cut down to the basement, and. He's in the basement, and Harry's down in the basement now digging at this wall. It's daytime now, right? Yeah. This yeah. Uh, this like that next morning. Okay. So Harry's digging at this wall, and he's just like, all right, Harry, you got to knock it off. What's what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so is, is it, this is the part where he's just sitting staring at the wall when Kathy comes down, right? No. This is when he, he finally goes, hey, and the dog takes off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe this is yeah. Comes yeah. Yeah. He 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 <clears throat> gets him off. He's sitting there staring at the wall. Kathy comes downstairs mm-hmm. and she's like, "What are you doing downstairs?" He's like, "This is the only spot in the house that's, or this is the only place that's warm in this house. Right. The entire house is cold." And it's he's kind of in that douchebag mode again. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tell he's got that. You know, and he looks sickly. Yeah. So he's staring at the wall. And she was like, "What's that?" He was like, "You tell me." Yeah. It's like really. It's yeah. just like dudes being douchey again. So it's it, one of the things that you said it was really cool. And he was like, uh, the dog woke me up this morning. Mm-hmm. The boathouse, somebody unlocked the door. And he and he pulls out the keys and he was like, these were in Billy's room. Yep. And he just kind of flicks them out and he goes. Yeah. It retracts him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I like it because she's like, <clears throat> I thought you locked it. And he goes, I did. And he goes, look what I found in Billy's room. And the guy... I don't know, it's just the way the music did it. As soon as he snaps yeah. it back, because he never moves, it's just yeah. his hand. And you hear that little whoosh. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Something little. So we're cutting to day 15. Billy and, uh, we get a, a shot of Billy and George in the car. Yeah. And you don't really know what's going on. They're having a conversation about the keys. And he's like, I didn't take keys. I don't, don't know what you're talking about. If you look back behind them, all you see is this, these, like, Wood logs, like logs of wood, just chilling. Don't know what's going on with that. We get cut to a scene of mom in the kitchen, and she's like doing dishes or something, and then it shows all these like alphabet letters on the refrigerator. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, on the door part of the refrigerator, the letters start moving by themselves, and they start spelling out catch them and kill them. Yeah. She turns around and like freaks out. Yeah. Well, then we cut back to um, George and Billy getting back to the house. They open the back of the door, and they got all these <laughs> these wood logs. Yeah. And he's like, get to work. Have get fun, work, buddy. Have fun, have, buddy. Have fun, buddy. So his whole job is to now, this is his punishment for the whole key thing, is to unload all these logs out of the the, uh, the car. Yeah. <clears throat> so we cut to that night, 
and it's date night for George and Kathy. You know, you can tell they're all gussied up and ready to go. They talk about, you know, the babysitter should be there any minute. Billy's irritated because yeah. he thinks he's old enough. He's like, I'm not letting her in the house. Yeah. He's like, no, I will not let her in the house. <laughs> he's like, if she shows up, I will not let her in this house. Well, she shows up. They open the door. She takes off her coat, and he's like, oh, hubba da hubba da hubba da hubba Yeah, yeah. He's just, like, smitten with her now. He's like, hi, I'm Billy. And it's funny because uh, he's just staring at her, and old, uh, George puts his arm over his head, and he leans in, and he goes, you still don't want a babysitter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the babysitter just kind of walks into the house, walks up by the stairs. She was like, would you like to give us a tour of the house? She was like, no, I've been here before. Come to find out, she was a babysitter for the DeFeos. Yes. And she said it, uh, she's like, yeah, I, I sat for him before. I, f- I found it kind of weird that they didn't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Knowing that what happened with the DeFeos before that, they never even, they never even said anything about her being a babysitter there. Right. They just had a, like a weird look on their face, but they never said anything. Yeah, and you'd think that, you know, they haven't told their kids, so you'd think they'd be like, oh, crap. Yeah, we need to have a conversation with this babysitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be like, hey, kids don't know. Chill out. Right. So, <laughs> I thought it was funny because when the babysitter turns back around towards the George and Kathy, Billy's looking at her again, and for the second time, he's like, I'm Billy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I caught that the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we get a shot of the babysitter in the kitchen or in the bathroom taking a hit off a big old, a big old rip off a bone. Yeah. And Billy knocks on the door and she's like, I'll be out in a minute. And she goes to the door, opens it up, and he's, got there, he's like, hungry? Got a bowl of popcorn. A big old bowl of popcorn. Well, then we got... And she's like, kid, you read my mind. <laughs> well, she's got the munchies now. Yeah. She's hungry. So then we get a shot of Michael and Chelsea in the living room, and they're playing Operation. And he's just holding the the little tweezers on it. And she's like, that's not how you play. That's not how you play. Well, shoot forward a little bit, and we got Billy uh, sitting in his bedroom. And the babysitter, which is her name is Lisa, is laying on the bed. And you can tell she's stoned out of her mind. Yeah, she's looking at a Gene Simmons uh, or a kiss. Yeah, a kiss poster sticking her tongue out. And it's like a lot of people say his tongue's not real. So then they keep talking about it. Well, then she goes in. She says, uh, she starts talking about the house. So she goes into telling Billy the history of the house. Right. How Ronnie DeFeo killed his family. And little Michael walks in. And he's like, what What are you talking about? She's like, you're too young to hear this part. And she's getting ready to tell him how he did it. Yeah. She turns out, she's like, with a gun. Yeah. Bang, she, bang, bang. But it's funny because she's like, oh, no, you're too little. And she goes, uh, put your fingers in your ears and don't listen. With a gun. Yeah. And then she's like, bang, <laughs> bang, bang. And, I'm, and the little kid jumps. And I'm like, you really didn't yeah. want to keep that a secret, did you? Yeah, you could really tell. <laughs> and the whole time, she's like, your parents are going to kill me. She, yeah, she's like. I'm a terrible babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they go into Chelsea's room. And Chelsea's in there. She's got this little Etch-A-Sketch. Mm-hmm. And they go in there and sit down. And she's like, you know, this was Jody's room. And she sits down and she looks at the closet. And she's like, that's where they found her. Yeah, she's like the little SHIT is the one that got me fired. Yeah. And then Chelsea keeps talking to Jody and or keeps talking to uh, Lisa, the babysitter. And she's like, Jody says you were a bad babysitter. And all these, you were mean, and all this kind of stuff. Well, then Billy says, bet you won't get in the closet. Yeah. Shut the door. She was like, Lisa was like, you give me your kiss poster if I do? And he was like, yeah, I'll I'll do it. 
So she gets up to open the closet door, and Chelsea's like, you're making Jody mad. Jody's mm-hmm. going to be mad. So she goes into the closet, and as soon as she crosses the threshold into the closet, the door shuts behind them. Yeah, because she saw the bear. Yeah, she's seen the bear, freaked out. Door shuts behind them. She turns around freaking out. She's like, all right, guys, it's not funny. You know, quit joking around. She can't get the door open. She's trying to get the door open. Lights flickering. Lights are flickering, going crazy. She can see through the closet door. And I thought it was kind of weird because Chelsea's just sitting on the bed with her. It's a sketch. I lo- yes. And she was just kind of smiling. Yep, yep. I was like, that's creepy. Yeah. And she was, something was being written on the etch sketch but I couldn't read it. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I'm going to have to go back and check it and pause it because I couldn't read what it was. Not Michael, but Billy was trying to get the door open. Yeah. So Billy and Michael both go up to the door and they, they're beating on it. He's like, I can't get it open. She starts freaking out. Not know what's going on. Lights are still frick, flickering behind her. Mm-hmm. Well, then she hears, hi, Lisa. Yep. She turns around and it's Jody's ghost there. What does she say? I can't remember what she said. Look what Billy did to me. Yeah, and yeah. Look what Ronnie. Did, look Ronnie. what Ronnie did to me. And she moves her hair and she's got the bullet hole. And then, but the camera pans around to her back. Yeah, we get a shot from behind her. It shows the big exit wound on the back of her head. And so, Lisa's freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. Jody reaches down, grabs her finger, pulls her finger up slowly, and just puts her finger all the way into that bullet hole. Yes, and it makes the. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's <was> terrible. <laughs> so she's freaking out now. She turns around. She starts banging on the door. She can't get it open. Right. Falls to the ground. Well, then we get a shot of her. It, it gets a shot of the house. Pans out. And the ambulances are there. Mm-hmm. She's being loaded up on a gurney. Kathy's right there by her. She's like, "What's what?" You know. And she's like, "It was Jody." Yeah. She's like, she's just whispering Jody's name, and she's like, "The girl that used to live here." And did she say, "I seen her." I seen her. Yeah. Yeah. So and Kathy's freaked out. She doesn't know what to do. And once again, if my daughter's talking about a little girl living in the closet, and now the babysitter's flipping out, seeing it, we'd be out. Yeah. Now you did, but the big thing you mentioned, you forgot to mention though, is the the date scene where they're sitting there talking. And uh, yeah, I got hooked on the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Was just, that was just such a freaky scene. But it finally looks like George and Kathy's getting along better. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like it, it, they're going back and forth, and he, she was like, "Do you you look at me any different? Do you look at us any different?" He's like, "Yeah, I do." He's like, "I'm I'm seeing my life come together the way it should be with you and the kids." Yeah, because she goes, oh, "There's that let's charm." Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But, but yeah, it's the first time since they've been at the house that he seems like he's back to normal. Right. Because <clears throat> she have she actually asked him. No, she she's like, "Do you feel all right?" And he's like, "Actually, I feel pretty good." Yeah. And I think it's because he's away from the house. That's exactly what it is. Right. Because so. when he goes to the doctor a little bit later, mm-hmm. he says the same thing. He's like, I'm feeling great. That's the, the weird part. Right. I feel great. Well, now the ambulance is gone. We've got Kathy, Billy, and Michael. Michael and Billy are sitting on the stairs. Kathy's walking in from the kitchen, it looks like. And George is just pacing yeah. back and forth. So now this is where we get a little extra... Douchebaggishnessness from <laughs> from uh, George. Right. He's 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 irritated. He's going back and forth with the kids, talking about uh, pranks. All uh, pranks are all good and fun or whatever until you know somebody gets hurt. Right. And Billy and Michael, they're like, we had nothing to do with it. You know. Oh yeah, they're sitting on the stairs crying. Yeah. They're freaking out, and then Kathy comes up. She's trying to defend the kids, and he was like, "That's enough." You know, George is like, "I've had enough." The the disciplining. 
It's not working. I'm in charge of the discipline from now on out. So then, end of discussion. End of discussion. So then Billy's like, "How come you didn't tell us nobody was you know, people were killed in this house?" And that you know freezes Kathy and George in the tracks. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, and he's like, "How you know? How'd you know with all this?" They should have known because of the daggum yeah. thing. So then Kathy's like, "All right, we'll we'll talk about this morning. You kids go to bed." And Billy's like, "I'm not going up there. It's creepy. I'm not sleeping in it." And then George is like, "Wipe that stupid look off your face." <laughs> And go upstairs. <laughs> and he just kind of sits there and the kids are just looking at him. Kathy's looking at him. He goes, run. Yeah. I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Something ain't right here. <laughs> I was going to hear the dun, 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 dun. Run. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I just think it was, it was just weird. So they go running off upstairs. Kathy, she goes up, follows the kids up. And he's just, George is just constantly pacing back and forth. Mm-hmm. They just had this great, like you said, Great dinner, and you find it looked like they were back to normal. And now they're not even in the house. Yeah. 15 minutes, and this is going on. So now we get the next morning, and we see um, George has got Michael and Billy outside stacking wood. And I think it's really mainly just Billy. But he tells him, he's like, you, you're not coming back in here until, until all this wood's stacked. Right. So then... We get a shot of the whole family, minus Billy, in the, the dining room. They're eating. George takes a bite of something and just kind of spits it back out. Nilo. And she was like, what did she say? She said, is this uh, considered a punishment or uh, torture? Yeah, and he was like, I thought it was meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of looks over at Chelsea and Michael. And he was like, ha, ha, ha. It's like a really weird laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, then then we get a shot of Billy outside. He's still stuck wood. Wait, you got fish that. Because when it, what he says about the dad, that that was harsh. Yeah. What did she say? She said, after he said it, I thought it was meatloaf, and he started laughing. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what she said, but I know he said something about, uh, he, he quoted something from his dad. Yeah. Uh, something like, uh, when the body, what did he say? When the, when the body... Is weak, is strengthens the soul. Something like that. And then he's like, that's what my father always told me. And then he's like, but their father's not around to tell them. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Douche. Yeah, and she just puts her hands up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Covers her face. That was like one of those, that was a really jacked up thing to say. So then we just get another shot of Billy outside and he's still stacking wood. It's dark as can be outside. He's still stacking wood. Well, now... We get a shot. We get a scene where George is going into the bathroom, and you know we don't know what's going on. He just goes into the bathroom. Well, he's getting ready to take a bath. Yeah. He goes, runs his bath water. He's trying to relax and, and just kind of chill out a little bit. He gets into the bathtub, and he just kind of lays there. This is like it's like the first time that he's had any kind of re- relaxation or what for however long they've been in that house. Well, now, as he's just laying there, he's barely got his head out of the water. These arms come up out from underneath him, and then they just start grabbing onto him, and the water's splashing all over the place. And what I thought was probably one of the, one of the, like, jump freaky scenes that that scene in that entire movie, the arms were grabbing him, and the hands start ripping his chest open. Yes. And I was like, holy crap. 
And I think you even said something about yeah. it. Yeah. Whenever it did it, it was just like out of nowhere. I forgot about that part, Bill. I knew the hands were coming up, but I forgot they ripped him up. So they that he go that does that for a second, and then all of a sudden it shows Kathy trying to like, I guess wake him up out of his freak out. Well, he's freaking out, and he just kind of sits there for a second. He's and he still got blood. And yeah, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that he had busted his head, but he still got blood. And I thought, all right, something right here. Right. Well, then we cut to a scene where he's at this the hospital. Wait a minute. Well, hold on. I got to point out. Ryan Reynolds acting in that part. Oh, it was awesome. Like, she's holding him, and he's just like, oh, God. Like, he's just yeah. flipping out. I love that. And because she's holding his face, and she's like, honey, like, she's trying to get him to focus, and it's almost like he's just so not, I mean, yeah, he's scared, but it's almost like he's just, I'm tired of dealing with it. Like, right. yeah. And I did, and I never did notice that he had blood still on his back. I think this is the I, like that look on his face is that look like he he's finally come to the realization that something's not right and it's freaking him out. Right, right. And I think that's where that genuine look he had in his face. It was it was awesome. So we get that. Um, uh, we get the shot of them at the the hospital. Yeah, and they're stitching up the back of his head. Apparently, while he was thrashing around in the bathtub, he busted the back of his head open. This is where you said, didn't he? Ask he said he I actually feel pretty good. Yeah, the um, the doctor was looking at a bunch of x-rays, and he's like, no signs of concussions, nothing like that, no bruising or anything like that. He's like, how do you feel? And, and George is like, I feel great. That's the bad part. He said, I feel really good. So he writes down on this pad, and he says, psychiatric unit. And he says, I want you to talk to uh, to this guy. And he was like, a psychiatrist? Yeah. He was just like downplaying it all. He was like, "Hey, I'm not trying to offend you or nothing like that. I'm just trying to help." Well, we get a shot of the kids in the kitchen. Billy's drinking milk, and Chelsea's like, "Can I go get my bear?" He's like, "Yeah, go ahead, but hurry up and don't tell mom I let you out of my sight or she'll kill me." Yeah. Well, then George and Kathy come up. They they pull up into the yard, and as they're getting out of the car, all you hear is Chelsea saying, "Hi, mom." And looks up, Chelsea's actually walking on the steeple. Yeah, because uh, the bear falls and yeah. almost almost hits uh, George. Yeah, so they look up, and Chelsea's like, hi, Mom. So they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. Chelsea takes off, in, or not Chelsea, but Kathy, she takes off running into the house, running up the stairs. George goes to his truck, throws the ladder off his truck, and he's starting to get up there. As, Ch- as uh, Kathy's making her way up, going into Chelsea's bedroom, she goes up through the... She gets on the roof from Chelsea's bedroom. The whole time she's doing that, George is downstairs. The boys come out. Uh, Michael and Billy, they come out. And uh, George is like, hold the ladder. So he starts climbing onto the roof. Kathy starts shimmying up the... I guess it's like a water pipe or something. Yeah. It's on the roof. So she starts shimmying up that to get to wherever Chelsea is. She starts tightrope walking pretty much. <laughs> And George finally gets on the roof and he gets on the next balcony. Yeah. So, and Kathy's up there. She she starts walking. Chelsea's right at the edge. And she says, uh, she turns around and looks at Kathy. And she's like, I've got to go with Jody. Mm-hmm. Kathy's like, no, no, you don't. And then she jumps. Yeah. Like, it almost looks like she just falls. She doesn't yeah. really jump. Well, Kathy reaches for her. She grabs a hold of her and she's got a grip on her. Both of them are screaming. And Kathy's like, you know, George, help me. George, I can't get her. 
Well, then they, it was, I thought it was really cool because she slides down the roof. Yeah. And then she hits like a weather main or something. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of stuck there. They're both yelling. Well, she's finally getting ready to lose her grip. And as she loses her grip, George catches her from the balcony. Right, and right. he's just kind of holding on to her. That was a good, intense scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like legit intense. So then we get a shot of them, of uh, Kathy and Chelsea on the, the porch. And they're both crying. Mm-hmm. Chelsea's like, I'm sorry, mommy, I'm sorry. And Kathy's yelling at her. And, she, and Chelsea's finally like, I want with Jody. She was going to let me go. You know, she was going to show me daddy. Yeah. So I wanted to go see daddy. I just wanted to spend time with daddy. And she's like, and she said that we could stay here and be best friends forever. Yeah, and play forever. And Kathy's like, you know, she's already told her before that daddy's in heaven. You can't go where daddy is. Daddy's in heaven. So that's what. Oh, and I, but. I do love this scene right here because this is, which we know the little girl turns out to be a a wonderful actress anyway. Mm -hmm. But I love when she's like, uh, Jody said we could be best friends. And she's like, Jody's not real. And like the way she pulls her hair and then the little girl's like, yes, she is. You're a liar. And she's like, I see her. I love that. The The, way she. mm. Yeah. The look on her face is like a genuine look of I'm telling the truth. Yeah. But the way the little girl just. Her voice quivered. Uh-huh. I love that. Just like, I've seen her. Yes, yeah. I love it, man. And I'm just like both of them. They're acting, man. Oh, I'm just like, wow. and Ryan, Re- not Ryan Reynolds, but George comes around the corner and he's holding a teddy bear. Yeah, and he's just kind of sitting there watching them. And he looks over, and the boys are actually outside of the porch, and they're looking in and watching. And uh, so, Kathy's ends up hugging Chelsea, and they're holding. Him, and George is like, "What's the matter with you people?" Yeah. Here comes the douchebag, George, again. And he turns around and he starts walking away. And what did he say? He's like, wacko family. Wacko family or something <laughs> like that. <clears throat> well, then we get a uh, a scene of Kathy going, talking to the priest. And um, he's uh, she finds, oh, what's his name? Father, uh, I, I forgot know. to write his name down. Anyway, she goes to talk to the, the priest. <clears throat> She's kind of telling him what's going on. And the priest is like, you know, it's, it's it's funny because a similar family, I remember dealing with a similar family, they had that, and she was like, the DeFeos. Mm-hmm. And it was like, immediately, he was like, yeah, something there right yeah. there. <clears throat> so, now we get um, where George is outside chopping wood. Oh, but this is where she looks at him and goes, we're living in his ha- their house. Yeah. Remember, it was like, dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> Yeah, chopping the wood. Yeah, this one. This is where he was holding. Yeah, yeah. Billy. That was his punishment for not watching the little girl. So his punishment now, not only was he unloading the wood out of the truck, stacking the wood up after it was chopped, now George has got him holding the wood on the chopping block as he's chopping it mm-hmm. and letting go at the last second. And this is probably one of my favorite acting scenes from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. is because... He's freaking out. He chops it once. He tells him, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, grab it, put your hands on it, put your hands on it, put your hands on it. Yeah. And I'm like, put your hands on the wood. <laughs> yeah. Well, he finally tells him, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. So he goes over and grabs him by the face and gets nose to nose. Yes. And he was like, we're friends, aren't we? We're having fun, aren't we? Put your hands on the wood. And then he's like, he yeah. stops right. He just kind of just smacks him really good. Oh, man, it was so good. Well, now he goes to George in the basement watching home movies. Yeah. And he's got the little reel going. He's, he's all covered up. He's all covered it. up like he's, you know, just not feeling good. He's laughing at some of the home movies. Well, then he goes to a scene of showing, it shows Billy mm-hmm. 
and he like his the face distorts like into a uh, like a demon looking face. Almost reminded me of the the uh, the ring. Yeah, the faces. Yeah. yeah, the way the face was kind of distorted and the mouth got long and, yeah. and wide open. So he kind of stops it, rewinds it a little bit, and goes back and does it in slow motion, and it, it shows it backwards in slow motion. His face doing the same thing, but in slow motion. So yeah. he kind of freaks out. Well, then we get a shot of the alarm clock. It's three fourteen shifts to three fifteen. Right. George wakes up. Here's uh, Harry barking. <clears throat> so he goes up and he looks at it in the boathouse door. Mm-hmm. It's flinging open again. So he uh, he grabs an axe going out there thinking, I guess, thought somebody was out there. Yeah. So he goes out there and he hears something. So he's got that axe securing an axe in there and he walks in there looking around. But I love because he's dragging an axe, ain't he? Yeah, he's not carrying it. He's, just, he's dragging it along yeah. the, the, the dock. The the boardwalk, right, yeah. I guess. So he walks into the boathouse and he's looking around and he starts he's you know, he's flipping out. You can tell that he's freaking yeah. out. Well he gets like to the edge where the water is and he goes to turn around and as soon as he turns around there's this weird guy. Yeah, running at him. Just like a weird looking freaking creature, just waving his arms and stuff, so it comes running at him. Well, he, you know, self-defense, he starts swinging his axe. Mm-hmm. As soon as he swings his axe, you hear the dog yelp. Yep. And this is the scene where I told you when I seen him walking there with the axe, I was like, that's what the dog does. I didn't have to wait for it. I just wrote it down because I knew it was coming. And he just keeps going too, man. Yeah. It ain't just one hit and it's over. Yeah, no, he, he's freaked out. He starts swinging. We hear the dog yelp once. Well, then when he's finally done swinging, it shows a shot of the dog just laying there with blood all over it and the collar's chopped off his head. Yep. And you can tell, like, he kind of, when he drops the axe, he looks down, and when he realizes it's a dog, he just, he breaks down. Yeah. He's just, like, really, really upset that he actually killed the dog. And uh, he picks up the collar, and, and then it shows him uh, cleaning off the the blood the blood off the dock so nobody sees it. Doesn't show him burying the dog or anything like that. But I think my assumption was he just threw him in the water. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he buried him, but I, I mean, know. the water's right there. He pulled a Dexter. I guess so. Yeah. Wrapped him up in plastic. And... Well, now we get a shot of him in the kitchen. He's sitting at the dining room table and his hands are dirty. Yeah. So, clearly he buried the dog. Because yeah. his hands were yeah. Yeah. dirty. So, he's sitting there and his hands are literally shaking. Like, I think he's just sitting there thinking about it and can't believe that he actually did. Mm-hmm. Well, Kathy comes in after she's been talking to the priest... She comes in and she's pretty much telling him, "Look, something's not right here. We need to go." Right. And he was like, "We're not running. We're not running away from the problems." He's like, "We got all of our money invested in this house." Yeah, and he's just like getting really defensive about her wanting to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And she's getting upset and she's freaking out. Well, um, the boys come in after they're sitting there fighting. He gets up, he turns the stove on. The boys come in and they're they're they can't find Harry. Yeah. And um, so Billy's like, George, have you seen Harry? And he's like, no, Billy, I haven't. Yeah. It was just like really calm. Uh, and he's like, of, maybe he ran away. Maybe he ran away. And the whole time when he does that, it gets a shot of him looking over at the boathouse. Yeah, and it's funny because Billy goes, he wouldn't run away, George. That's all he says. And yeah. then the mom's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, he didn't say anything. Yeah, he, just, he just said he wouldn't run away. Yeah. Like he's trying to insinuate she, something. I guess she's thinking, uh, you don't know when you keep your mouth shut, he's going to beat you, boy. Well, the thing about it is, for Billy, whenever the babysitter was telling him the whole story, 
she told him how Ronnie Defoe ended up killing the dog first. Yeah. Defeo. Sorry. Yeah. Say that again. She said, you know, that the dog knew something was wrong and he killed the dog. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think that's what's on Billy's mind at that time. Right. How the guy before killed his family, killed his dog first. Right. <clears throat> so now we get a shot of a car pulling up and it is the priest. He gets out, knocks on the door. Little Chelsea answers the door and she's, you know, carrying a little teddy bear like she always does. He walks in. And it focuses on the teddy bear with a missing eye. Yeah. Well, then it shows him and Kathy walking around the um, the yard. And he's telling him, I have to tell you, you know, this is what that teddy bear your daughter had. I, I've seen it before. And she was like, oh, it was just a little stuff, you know, animal that was left here. And he's like, no, no, it wasn't. Right. I, you know, not only did I know the Defoe's, the Fayos, I also presided over the funeral and little Jody was buried with that same teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So it was like, that a didn't give you chills. Yeah, man. it really did. It was like, at that moment, it was like, she knew something was, you know, right. Not, not just completely jacked up. Um, so we go to day 28. Mm-hmm. So this is when we see Kathy really wanting to, get into the details of, you know, what, what happened mm-hmm. to the house. So she goes to the library, knocks on, bangs on the door. The librarian comes up. She's not, we're open. She just passes. She just pushes her way in there. Right. She's, uh, she's had enough. She's ready to find out some information. Well, then we get a shot of when she's going through, she's looking at, um, the online newspapers yeah. and, and you know, finding out and reading stuff on Ronnie De- DeFeo and what he did. Well, then we get a scene of George down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And the same wall that uh, Harry was scratching at before, there's been a couple of times where we just get shots of him looking at it. Right. Well, now he's done looking at it, and he wants to tear into it. Yeah. So he gets him a nice little hammer, and he starts busting the wall up. And while he's busting it up, he finally gets a hole in it, and he goes to grab this pole, and there's something sticky behind it. Yeah. So he looks, you know, sticks his head in there, and there's a bunch of maggots. Yeah. Just right inside the walls. Well, then we get, goes back to Kathy in the library, and she's reading up stuff on a guy called Reverend Ketchum. And just just kind of bring that into perspective, the whole thing with Reverend Ketchum was apparently he lived in that house before, and he had a torture chamber with a bunch of delivery sales and stuff like that where he tortured Native Americans. And that's, that's when the house was built. Yeah. Yeah. When the house was built. Now, I, this is the part that I said at the beginning of the episode. You know, none of this part is true, of course, but I'm glad that they threw it in there, right? Because it made it made sense. Because you always hear about building a house on Indian burial ground or messing with their right. Ground. I, I I really thought this was unique. You know I'm I'm glad they did it because it gives you um, it gives you a reason, right, not just right. a guy went crazy in the house. Exactly, it gives you a reason why the house is possessed, and. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. But before that, or, or while this is going on, I believe, the uh, reverend is actually, goes into the house. And he's getting ready to pretty much do an exorcism, it looks like. He's yeah. pulling his, his he's his, blessing the house. He's blessing the house. He's pulling his robes out. He's saying his prayers. And he gets the holy water. And he's, as he's saying his blessings and stuff, he's splashing the holy water. And every time he splashes the holy water and the water hits the house, it starts to sizzle. Mm-hmm. And like it's burning, like singeing. 
well, you start hearing stuff after he does that a couple of times. You start hearing stuff come from the uh, the little uh, air vent. Yeah. So he finally gets a chair and goes over there to it, and he's trying to figure out what's going on it. But right before he steps up and looks at it, the door shuts. He looks back at the door. The door's the handle has a little cross on it. As he looks back at it, the door handle turns upside down, and now we've got an upside down cross. Right. So automatically we know it's demonic. Clearly, something ain't right. So he steps up on this, I think it was a chair, looks in this uh, the vent. The little air vent, and out of nowhere, a bunch of flies start filling up the room. And that's just like... It's it, almost it's, like the it, locust plague. That's like in every exorcist movie, though, when they have a priest in the house, it's always flies. Yeah, always flies. And I think it's supposed to like symbolize like a locust plague. Right, right. But all these flies come out and start attacking them when the door flings open. And all the flies start flying out the door... And you hear the house say, get out. Yeah. Which was really creepy. So now, you know, going back to, to George tearing down the wall. So he finally comes into this brick wall. <coughs> excuse me. After he tears the wall out. Mm-hmm. And he tears the brick wall down. And he finds this giant, this big corridor. And yeah. as he's walking down the corridor, it goes back and forth between him and Kathy. And she's reading over, you know, everything that Ketchum did in the house. And as he comes up to like these little cells, it gets a shot of everybody like the ghosts that were in those cells. And I love this because I'm not trying to take over this part, but I love when okay, she's reading it. It shows him walking down the hallway, or you know, or the where the cells are. Mm -hmm. Well, then it cuts back to her, and now she busts in the uh, office of the priest, and she's like. Uh, Reverend, why did you leave? You know, and he's because you know they saw him take off running, like he said, with all the locusts and all that stuff. And he's like, uh, "That house is haunted. It's evil." And but the whole time she's telling, she starts telling him. She goes, "There was a man named Ketchum." I love that her voice is over uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, like she's talking. About he's tortured Native Americans, and as she's telling the story, he he's, looks over in the cages, and there's different Native Americans reaching out for him, and yeah. he's flipping out. But and he's seeing everything that she's describing exactly, which and is really cool. Then finally, when he gets to the main door, you just see a tall man with a trench coat on and a cowboy hat, and she's like, "His name was Ketchum," and all of a sudden he spins around and looks at Ryan Reynolds. She's like, "He would cut. He cut his throat in our house, so his blood uh, or so his spirit would live in our house forever." I and love as that. As soon as she says that, though, he cuts his throat as she's saying it, right? And all of his blood starts spraying Ryan Reynolds. Yes. And it was almost like a when cuz I think he's down on his knees whenever that happens. I don't George, I don't remember. I don't remember, but he's just standing there and it's almost like you can see the look on his face go from I don't know what's going on to now I know what my purpose is. Right, right. Like, you know, and I I know why everything's going on. I'm supposed to to finish catch him. It's almost like he was possessed by catch him at that point. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Now it's almost like catch him's using his body almost. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like Time to time to rock and roll. Right. Well, we get um, he gets back upstairs. The phone's ringing. He goes to answer the phone, and it's Kathy, and she's telling him the the priest has t- told Kathy, "You need to get your family and get out of the house. Just get away from the house as far as you can." Right. Well, he goes upstairs. Phone's ringing. He answers that it's Kathy, and she's like, "I need you to get the kids, get everybody out of the house." He just kind of looks at it for a second, grabs the phone, rips it off the wall, mm-hmm. and just. just like yeah, something ain't right here now. 
So then we get um, Kathy ends up coming back to the house, and she's uh, running around trying to get the kids and stuff. And George isn't having it. They make their way around the whole house. Mm-hmm. They they start. He's like, "We've got to get out. We got to get out." Well, they make their way down in the basement. I think they're looking for. Uh, who were they looking for when they went down in the basement? I thought they were looking for him. Yeah, they were looking for George. That's what yeah. it was. So they go down to the basement thinking he was down there. Well, they find a little room that he had been working on. Through, mm-hmm. You know, through the whole movie, they showed scenes of him like putting up drywall and stuff like that. Well, they, yep. they see this little room. They walk in there, and there are two, three, four, four caskets. Four caskets, like the old school wooden caskets. And they got each of the names. They got Billy's name, Chelsea's mm-hmm. name, Michael's name, and Kathy's name on it. Yeah. So he walks in, and she starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Well, then he's, he picks up um, Chelsea. Because yeah. it was it, Kathy and Chelsea. He picks her up, and Kathy's like, what's going on? You know, what's, what's, what does all this? Well, he ends up throwing, pretty much throws Chelsea to Kathy. Yeah. And he goes like, I need to talk to you. And as she just gets the kid and starts running out and shuts the door. Yes. And starts running upstairs because she knows now that, you know, he's meant to, he's trying to do some damage. And I do love that scene where he, where he picks up Chelsea. Yeah. Or he's holding her. And she's like, give him back my daughter. And, and he and he just grabs her and kisses Chelsea on the cheek. But he like forces her head to yeah. his. And then he does, he just, boom, he, he just, just tosses throws her. her. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, she, Kathy runs upstairs with Chelsea, tries to get the rest of the kids again. And this is probably my favorite shot of the whole movie. I already know where you're going. When he's downstairs, they show uh-huh. a picture of the door, and the door just flings open, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there with that shotgun. Yeah. And then he goes to walk up the stairs, and he's just kind of nonchalantly and just kind of... Cocks it one Cocks hand. it one hand, and then just starts walking up the stairs. I love it. Yeah, because, like you said, I love when it, he's like, I need to talk to you. And she runs past him, and she slams it, and as he, she, she slams it, he's just all calm. And does he scream it again? He's like, I need to talk to you, or no? I think he screams it after she slams the door. And then she yeah. takes off. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shot. That's mm-hmm. that's my favorite. That and the shot of him here in a minute where he's just walking through the rain. Yes. Like around the house. I love that too. Well, now it's the big chase scene. And and I have to say, out of every horror movie I've ever seen, this is one of my favorite chase scenes slash finales. Yeah. But they did what horror movies always do. You know what it is? Uh, they, ran upstairs. They ran upstairs. Makes no sense. I thought she went upstairs for a reason. I don't remember. But she ran upstairs while she was trying I to get away remember. from me. Yeah. It don't make no sense. Well, before she runs upstairs, they're running around the house. He ends up catching her as she's coming through this doorway. Grabs her by the throat, slings her up against the wall. Billy ain't having it. He comes up and starts kidney punching him. Yeah. George Cococks his kid. <laughs> like, gives him a great elbow. Right. And this, I think it's one of the reasons, like, he didn't want to get close to the kids because he... It would have been hard for him to do that, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Well, they get away and uh, keeps chasing him. The whole time he's got the shotgun. I'm sitting there thinking, if he was really going to shoot him, he'd shot him. So he's chasing them through the house. They go upstairs. Kathy, Billy, Michael, and Chelsea, they all get up on the roof and start climbing up on the roof. Right. Well, they make their way. George follows him up on the roof. He's chasing him up the roof. Billy kind of steps off to the side and pulls a pipe off of the chimney, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And as George comes over the steeple of the, the <laughs> house, he knocks the snot 
Yeah, he does. Out of George. Yeah. Billy takes that pipe and beats him in the face. He drops the gun. The gun falls off the house. He's come sliding down, and he just lands straight on the ground in the mud. Yep. Face er, face down. Face down in the mud. So now they've knocked him off. He's face down. He looks like he's knocked out. Well, they find a spot where they can jump off the roof. They're jumping off the roof. But before that, you got to point this out real quick. I see you ain't got it wrote down. That's what I'm saying. They're, now they're going to go through the house. So Kathy goes to the window and tries to open the window, and all of a sudden the Indian or the Indian killer uh, catch, catch him. him. His face pops up. His face, yes, in in the theater that made me jump. Did it? He popped up, and she saw it, screams, and that's when they slide down. Yeah. And that's when she's on. She gets down first, and they're all jumping. She's kind of catching them. Yeah. And she's trying to get Michael. He's the last one, and he he's hesitating. Yeah, he's crying. You know, he's scared. She's like, "Come on, baby. I, you know, I catch you." But go ahead. So now this is the second favorite shot. George ends up waking up. And it's raining. All eyes, you know, bloodshot. All, eyes are all bloodshot. So he comes around the house, and, it, and it's not in slow motion, but it almost looks slow motion. Uh-huh. But he comes walking around the corner of the house, and he's got his head down, and it's raining, and he's got a light behind him. So it's a cool shot. Yeah, it is. So he ends up going over. Shit. Michael finally jumps off, mm-hmm. catches him. He ends up going over there, throwing him, pushing him off to the side. So Kathy... Uh, Kathy, Michael, and Chelsea all kind of cower over to the side. George actually has uh, Billy up against the house with the axe. Right. And he's getting ready to waylay into him with the axe. Yeah. When Kathy comes up behind him. And as he's holding him, he sees his face is changing. his face does the little distortion thing. Same thing he did in the movie. Yeah. Um, As he's getting ready to, Kathy comes up behind him. She's grabbed the shotgun. She puts the shotgun up to the back of his head. Stops Stops him in his tracks. Right. So he just kind of slowly turns around, grabs the barrel of the shotgun, puts it to his face, and just lets it go. Yeah. And he's like, Dude, if you want to do, do it, it, do it. So uh, she sits there for a second, a finger on the trigger. She can't pull the trigger. Right. So she just kind of puts it down. George turns back to, back around to Billy, and he's getting ready to lay him into him with the axe. Mm-hmm. Well, she hits him with the, the butt of the gun. Yeah. She just... Pops him in the in, in the head with the butt of the gun, and that's what's crazy. I mean, I, I granted, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know she loves him; that's her husband. But he about to freaking axe her boy. Oh, his head, she couldn't shoot him. His head would have been blown off. Yeah. Well, we get a scene of she knocks him down on the ground. He looks like he's knocked out. The kids and and her go running away. Well, then we get a shot of him taking the axe. George grabs the axe, and then just lays it into Kathy's stomach. Yes, and it's, it looked good too. Yeah, it did. Like, like legit. But he's sitting there looking at her the whole time after he's in, you know, buried the axe in her stomach. Well, then it cuts back to him laying on the ground. Yeah, that was a good fake out. Like that was legit. I thought, holy crap! Like I remember watching it because I've seen the movie before, and we were watching it, and I thought, <laughs> I didn't. I forgot all about him killing her. Yeah, and I was like, it's because he didn't. That'd be a major twist. Oh it? yeah. So now we get a shot of him laying on the ground. He's like, Kathy, you got to kill me. You got to kill me or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And I love it. And she said, nobody's dying here today. He's, Boom. <laughs> she takes the butt of that gun and hits him in the head again. Mm-hmm. Well, then we get a shot of her and the kids all walking to the boathouse. And she's actually they're actually dragging George. He's all tied up. Yeah. They're dragging him down the dock. They put him in the boat. Yeah, but they're having trouble getting him in the boat. And it's funny because Michael's, or not Michael, Billy's like, why don't we just leave him here? And she's like, just trust me. We've got to get him away from now. She goes, uh, she goes, just trust me. I'll, I'll explain later or something like that. Right. So now they got him in the boat. 
<clears throat> I like how I like the shot of when they get ready to open the doors to to take off on the boat. You can kind of see the dusk or, and, or dawn, and everything's starting to get light, and you can see the sky starting to brighten up a little bit. So it's daytime now. So they take off on the boat and they're going out into the lake, and they just keep going and keep going and keep going. And finally, she shuts the the boat off. Yeah. And they turn around, and George is just laying back there. And uh, he eventually wakes up, and he's looking at him. He just, and it's almost like he gasped for air, like he was like knocked out or something like that. Yeah. And it was almost like that, that fresh, like breath of fresh air type thing. Right. But she, they're all looking at him, and she goes to look back in the house, and he's like, don't even look at it. Yeah. He's don't like, even look, look at it, Kathy. Don't look at it, Kathy. Let's just go. And it's kind of, you kind of said, like, all the kids were just kind of looking at him. Mm-hmm. And you you were even like, I don't know if I can trust my stepdad after that. Oh, yeah. It'd be <laughs> hard, man. So they're on the boat. It goes back to the house, goes into the front door, and we get little Jody standing in the foyer right in front of the stairs. And all of a sudden, she starts screaming. And as she's screaming, the house is putting everything right back in order. All the chairs are going back in the place where they any furniture that was moved goes back. Little screws that he had put in the windows to keep the windows down, they were in, they were coming out. And after she quits screaming, it starts panning back out the door. Yes. And right as it gets far away, little Jody sucked back in through the house. Yes. And if you notice, remember she starts screaming and her face is all getting messed up. It, it feels, I feel bad for the little girl because, as like you said, as it's panning away, she's got a tear. Because she looks lonely, but then if you notice, she smiles a couple times. Yeah. It's like she's happy they got away, but... She's like, sad because they're gone and she's stuck. Right. And then, like you said, and as the, finally, as the camera shows, you know, it's panned back so far where you can see her entire body. All of a sudden, you see two hands grab her. And... But I like how they left the bear. Yes, the bear didn't go through when, the... When she went through the floor, the bear just kind of fell on the ground. Yeah, it, it bounced and... Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> that was good. And that is roll credits. Yes. And that is Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man, it's awesome. such awesome a good movie. movie. Such a good it. movie. Like I was telling you, when we were talking about doing Amityville Horror, I was like, the one with Ryan Reynolds, right? Yes. Because it's my favorite. Have you ever watched the original Amityville Horror? I'm sure I have. Well, Couldn't. it's okay. I mean, I know a lot of Die Hard fans are probably like, man, it's better. But, like, the little girl, like, Jody, mm-hmm. you know she's a pig in that one? Really? Yeah, instead of him seeing a, a little girl, it's a pig. Really? Yeah. Huh. But. That's weird. Well, man, you got anything else you want to add, or is it time for the pulling scale? Man, I, I let's let's hit the pulling scale, because everything right. we can add to it. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. So, you want me to go first, or are you going first? You went first last time, didn't you? I don't care if you want me to go first, I will. I, I'll go first. I'll go first. So like I said, this is like like you had said one of your favorite supernatural movies. It's one of my favorite movies that Ryan Reynolds is in. Mm-hmm. I love everything about this movie. I, I honestly I don't know if there's anything I don't like in this movie. <clears throat> everything from the way they do the music mm-hmm. to the acting. I thought the acting was amazing. And it's weird because some of the night shots, I I love the lighting. Yeah. And some of the shots, especially like when he's coming around the corner when it's raining and the rain's behind him and stuff. Yeah. It just looks amazing. It's such a good job. And it's little stuff like that that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Right. But 
everything from the little kid to the ghost to the Ryan Reynolds, I thought did an awesome job. Everything to the freaked out realtor. Like, it legit looked like she was freaked out. Right. So I'm giving this a definite thumbs up. Okay. It's a movie that I could watch multiple times. Okay. I recommend it for anybody to watch, and I'm giving it an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. A+. Plus rating. Now, you know, like, an A+, plus is almost like picture perfect, right? I, 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 okay, A. No, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving it an A, A+, plus just because I love the movie. So, A. I'm giving it an A. Okay, I didn't, so not an A+. Plus. I'm giving it an A. Okay. Right on. Well, we're not, uh, we're not any different because... To me, like I said, I think this is the best uh, rendition of any of the Amityville horror films. The story, I like that they added the Catchem man who's mm-hmm. torturing the Indians because they finally tell a reason why. Right. You know, um, I like the backstory how they portrayed Ronnie DeFeo in the beginning, and I now, like I said, I guess out of due due to respect, out of the kids' in real life, you know, when they made up the little Jody thing. Um. Just that whole opening scene, I like. They had, to me, they had plenty of backstory. Mm-hmm. Really dug it when they started talking about, like I said, the man that's called Catchem. I really liked that story they added to it. The casting, I don't feel there's not one person in this film that either. I was like, oh my gosh, they should have. No, yeah. every scene they acted great. I thought all the actors were perfect. So I'm giving this a definite thumbs up. It is a must watch. Add it to your horror collection, and I'm giving it an A. I mean, it's just there's just nothing really for me to watch. Mm-mm. Nothing for me to. Um, I can't think of anything negative to be honest with you. I can't either, and that's and, and that's and it's crazy because you would think that there would be certain things. Now, if we watched it again to nitpick it and you know like find stuff, mm-hmm. it might be a little bit different. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of what we were doing. That's what I was thinking. That's what I. Well, and seeing this film, like, okay, and I'm over there while we're watching it, taking notes. I'm on the internet looking for this Ronnie DeFeo stuff, the real life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's sometimes I'm looking down, I'm writing, but I know exactly what's happening. Right. It's still, I'm still caught up in the story. I love it. And like I said, it it is out of every Emmanuelville, um film they've ever done. To me, this is the best one. And like I said, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. I think you like him more than I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie to me is one of his best acting out of his entire career. Well, it's like I said. I think Ryan Reynolds. There's no part, nobody in this on, on the planet that I can think of, minus Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've always said Ryan Reynolds was born to play the part of Deadpool. Right. His acting, the way he acts, and his personality and stuff like that. But this is probably one of my favorite movies of his. This and Just Friends, which is a comedy, anyway. And see, and and there ain't nothing against him. You know, like, I haven't seen a lot of his comedy stuff. I've seen Deadpool, the first one, but... Yeah. No, I just... When I see Ryan Reynolds, I don't think of Deadpool. I think of the Amityville, because, like I said... But, no, uh, if you have not seen this film... Don't listen to the naysayers. There are people that hate this film, and that's fine. Everybody's got their own opinion. But watch it for yourself, because I really dig it. I thought it was awesome. You know? I love it. Yes. So, it's one of them that, man, it could be a couple weeks from now, and if somebody's over here, and they're like, man, I ain't seen that. I'm like, oh, let's watch Let's it. put it in. You know? Yeah. To me, this is just as good, like, oh, okay, I got one for oh, you. Oh, you going to say it. I got one for I you. I know where you're going. Which one is better, this one or 1408? Woo! 
you know you can't uh, you can't do that to me. I can't answer that question. I can. 14, 1408. Just a little <laughs> bit better than me. But I'll, I'll say I'll say fourteen oh eight was probably better just because like, John Cusack. John Cusack was amazing. But no and 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 but no joke though. It's like up there. Amityville yes. this Amityville horror and fourteen oh eight are like two of the major films that like paranormal films. Yeah. That if somebody come over to my house and was like, Man, I ain't never seen that, I'm like, let's put it in. Put it in. Yeah, we gotta watch it right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm down with that. So but yeah, man, I'm, I'm Yeah, as soon as you started talking the thumbs up, I was like, This dude's gonna give it an A gonna oh, yeah. yeah. It's a definite for sure. I can't I, I couldn't come up with a reason to give it anything less than an A. Right. I mean I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. So with that being said, this is the last episode of September. Yes. And next month, my favorite time of the year, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Sorry, that's two months from now? That's no. That's December. No. That's Christmas. Shut up. Halloween, you baby. You can't jack a Christmas song for Halloween. What if I'm like, he's the most <laughs> wonderful? <laughs> October will mark a year that me and Randy's been doing this podcast. It, ju- it originally started... Just going to be a small town horror podcast, and I was just going to do movies, and Randy was like... I was supposed to be a guest star. Yeah. Randy was like... He makes me do it. Randy I don't was, really want to do it. I like a dog. <laughs> Randy was going to do the first episode with with me last year. We did the original Halloween, and then on that episode, he was like, well, what do we do? We should do Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yep. And he kept saying, we, and I was like, hey, this, this is what I'm talking about. You know, it's always scary to start something new with somebody because you're like... Are they going to be dedicated? Yeah. You know, because you, and here it is a year we've we've been doing this. We love it. It just gets more exciting. We finally got our rhythm down. I feel like Al Pacino. Every time I get out, they pull me back in. Hoorah! Hoorah! But uh, our next episode will be the 2018 Halloween. It is the sequel to the 1978 Halloween. And the bad part about it is we just watched it like two weeks. Ago. Yeah, we just we just watched it because. <laughs> You know, it was just a movie where like, I was like, hey, Randy, you're watching this? No, here, we're going to watch it. But, you know, you might as well face it. Friday 13th, we watch Friday 13th. Yep. Halloween, we're going to watch Halloween. Halloween. But, yes, our next episode is going to be the 2018 Halloween, which I love that film as well. And then later that month, on the I believe it's the 15th, Halloween Kills comes out in theaters, which we will be doing that. We're still trying to figure out whether if we want to do... If we want to do an entire episode on that film, spoiler free, or just or just do an episode talking about it, because I'm not going to be in the movie taking notes. Given recent events, from what happened when we went to watch Candyman Monday, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything for nobody. <laughs> right. So, so we're going to pick another movie for October then. How do you feel about that? But, I, it, I'm, yeah. Okay, I, mean, so, we, I mean, we can still review it without giving anything away. Right, but I mean, I want to do, but once once it's out for a while, then we can go back and actually do a full review, right. a full episode. So I say we do Halloween 2018. We'll do Halloween Kills, but we'll just talk about whether we enjoyed the film, what we liked about it, blah, blah, blah. We won't rate it, but we'll pick another movie to uh, to review in October. Now, if it's another Halloween, we'll do another Halloween. Right. On. You know? But anyway, that being said. Pumpkinhead. Uh, Pumpkinhead's a real good one. 
I ain't seen that in years. I ain't either. It's been a while. Well, I loved it. I, I used to in high school. I don't yeah. know if I... Let's do pumpkin ale. Okay, we can do pumpkin ale too. Let's then. do pumpkin ale. All right, so there you go. Getting everything set for uh, October. So with that being said, Randy, is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? With you, no. With you guys listening, check us out on anywhere you can get your podcast. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check us out on every single social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Johnny's got all the handles. Yep, on uh, Twitter, it's at Small T Horror Pod. And, of course, Instagram and Facebook is Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And word of mouth goes a long way. And we just ask that if you really enjoy this podcast, please spread the word. Try to get us out there a little bit more. I mean, it's not like me and Randy... We're not making money doing this thing. No. We are just doing it because we love to do it. And now, if you wanted to send a small donation to <laughs> But in all seriousness, we would like to get so many followers that we could eventually work up a way to have some horror icons on this daggum thing. Man. Like, I, I, that's my goal. That's my dream for this podcast. And because there's a convention that I go to every single year. It's the Full Moon Tattoo Horror Festival in Nashville, Tennessee, ran by two great people, Ben and Stacy Dixon. If you've never been to it in Nashville, it's awesome. It's always uh, around Easter time, and they always have some of the best celebrities. And I would love to be able to get so much no, uh, recognition. Is that the right word? Sure, notoriety. No, there you go. Something like that. For this podcast that... Me and Randy could actually go to this convention and be like, hey, we would like to do a live interview with somebody. One of our goals is to actually do a live interview with Robert England. I would love to hear uh, Randy explain to Kane Hodder why he likes uh, <laughs> Ken Kersinger better as far as Jason. Because trust me, I'll be out of the room on that part right there. But anyway. Oh, Lord. But yes, check us out anywhere you can get your podcast available. Um, with that being said, everyone... Just remember, as always, it's the most important detail. Stay scared. Stay spooky.